Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. You are listening to broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com mobile studios. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. We are aboard Holland America's MS Westerdam. Yeah, on a seven-night Southeast Alaska cruise round trip out of Seattle. We're going to hit Juneau. We're going to cruise through Glacier Bay, Sitka, Ketchikan, Victoria, British Columbia, and then back to Seattle. Also, this is a very special cruise, too, because it's one of those Dancing with the Stars at Sea cruises. Uh, you know them from the hit television show. Actually, like number one television show on ABC, Dancing with the Stars. Well, they're bringing it to sea, and it's going to be totally awesome. In fact, we're going to be talking to Carson Kressley and Emma Slater later on in the program. But first, uh, my guest co-host, Craig Zabransky from stayadventurous.com. What's up, Craig? What's up, Doug? It's great to be back. It's great to be back on radio with you. Yeah, absolutely, man. We've uh, we've hooked up in Mazatlan, New York City, and now here in Southeast Alaska. What else could you ask for? So uh, before we get to the cruise and Dancing with the Stars, we're going to talk about the ship. We're on the MS Westerdam. It was launched in 2004, so about 10 years ago. It holds 1,800 passengers. It's 936 feet long and about 82,000 tons or so. Uh, Craig, so before we jump right into the Alaska experience, what were your pre-cruise or your pre-Alaska thoughts? A lot of people told me it was extremely scenic, so beautiful. And, you know, you, you hear that a lot when you travel to different places. And I'm very fortunate to have gone to see bits, large chunks of the world. But especially my parents were like, you're going to love it. You're going to love Alaska. And, I, I, you know, as, as I'm seeing it and as things are going on, I, it really is that picturesque and beautiful. Yeah, and because this was your first time in Alaska, this was my third time. So I, I don't want to say I'm jaded, but I always like to see uh, people's first impressions. So, like when you actually saw the glacier, because we had a balcony stateroom, and the glacier was literally like a couple thousand yards from our stateroom. Like, what were your first thoughts? I couldn't believe that we were able to stop in that little passageway and be so close. Um, it's kind of like the end of, of – and there's this big glacier and you're staring right at it, sitting down in the lounge chair outside your balcony, seeing one of the most amazing spectacles in nature that I've had the opportunity to look at. And when it actually even calved for us, a, a bit of the ice fell into the sea. It was just like – it's one of those moments that you're just going to always, always remember in your life. Without our first guest, the ship, we would just be twiddling our thumbs because Michael, he is the cruise director aboard the ship, and he's joined by Kat on the entertainment team. So as far as entertainment goes, what can cruise passengers expect? Well, I think they can expect a nice variety. Um, we'll always have some great production shows going on as well as headline entertainment, uh, which depending on the length of the cruise can vary from comedians, uh, ventriloquists, uh, jugglers, specialty acts, world-class musicians, a variety of different things. Very good. And we've, we're seeing this big trend of multi-generational travel in 2014. Can you speak on that and how you're incorporating it and embracing it? We are, absolutely. We try to keep uh, a little bit current, uh, adding in new music, especially with our new production shows that we roll out, um, adding some of the latest music as well. But then, of course, we have to keep to our ties with past generations as well and the styles that they like. So it's, it is a blend of old and new. 
And can you speak to us about the kids program club, Hal? Sure. Um, we have a kids program that uh, operates on every day of the cruise. Um, we serve kids from three to ages 18 uh, with three different age groups that we work together with. And we have counselors that serve, uh, serve each group and uh, they take care of making sure the kids have a good time. Very good. Is this included in the cruise fair or is this an extra fee? Nope, it's all included in the cruise fair. Uh, so all the activities that they do up in Club Hal are part of the cruise program. For the dining on board the ship, I noticed we have like Canaletto, the Pinnacle Grill. Are we finding more food? Like, are we finding more salmon in Northeast Alaska versus more mahi and such in the Caribbean? Uh, absolutely. It's all part of our new on-location programming. Uh, so the idea is to give some of the, the specific foods from that region or area. Uh, which kind of just helps to encompass and enhance the visit to that region. I was in the Queen's Lounge the other day, which is a venue on board the ship here. I noticed uh, some cooking demonstrations, some hands-on cooking demonstrations. Uh, can you speak to us about that? Sure. Um, we have a Culinary Arts Center hostess that uh, works in the Culinary Arts Center every day of the cruise. Um, we do a lot of on-location cooking. So here in Alaska, we're doing a lot of salmon, halibut, um, and they teach you how to make fresh new ideas, uh, as well as we do towel folding events, um, floral ranging, and all kinds of things around the home. Awesome notice mixology, correct? And some beer tasting. There's a lot of entertainment that goes around that. Is there a particular one that is the most popular on the ship that you have to like put extra space? A big favorite right now is the Alaskan beer tasting. Um, we bring on the Alaskan amber that's brewed right up here in Alaska. Uh, so that's a big fan favorite. It happens every first sea day of the cruise. Nice. Yeah, we were in... Uh, I was tasting it. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> We were tasting it actually in a bar yesterday called The Hangar in Juneau. And they have, I guess it's like 8.5% alcohol by volume instead of the typical, was it 5 point something percent? 5.3. Yeah. And a lot of cruise lines these days, we're seeing a lot of branded partnerships. Carnival has uh, Guy Fieri. Royal Caribbean has DreamWorks. And, of course, Holland America has quite a bit of branded partnerships themselves. Absolutely. We have some great featured entertainment, uh, which we present on different ships, various itineraries and such. Uh, one is with Dancing with the Stars, uh, the hit television show. We've got a great program with that, uh, where the guests can actually participate in dance classes. Uh, there is a competition, so they have a chance to even make it to the stage and win a cruise out of it. Uh, and, of course, throughout the year, we do some special theme cruises, where we actually bring on the stars and the celebrities from the show. Uh, so it's a great highlight for our guests. Uh, we also have partnered with B.B. King to offer B.B. King's Blue Club, uh, which is fantastic. We kind of transformed the Queen's Lounge, which you've been into, uh, into their own BB King Blues Club. Uh, and of course, they're talented musicians, uh, fantastic singers, and it is always a ball. Uh, and then also, we have recycled percussion on board of some of our ships. Recycled percussion uh, comes to us direct from their headline show in Las Vegas. They also I guess, jump to fame uh, on America's Got Talent, the television show, where they place third. But high-energy, fun-filled show uh, and fun for all ages. Very good. We've been talking with Kat and Michael aboard the MS Westerdam. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Our pleasure. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. And welcome back to the show. We are in Southeast Alaska broadcasting aboard Holland America's MS Westerdam for the Dancing with the Stars cruise and a very, very fun cruise here. More on that in a little bit. But Craig, I know you came from New York City. I came from Jacksonville, Florida and living in New York. I know you have a lot of coats and all that stuff, but I have nothing. So uh, I came across this service, luggageforward.com. Basically, pack your bags. They pick your bag up for you. And the next time you see it, it's, well, it's at your cruise ship. So I linked up with the co-founder of luggageforward.com, Zeke Atkins. He's on the line right now with us. So Zeke, connect the dots for us. How does Luggage Forward really work? 
Well, as a traveler, we do one of two things. Either you could go onto our website, luggageforward.com, uh, or you could give us a call. We have a 24-7 uh, call center. And you let us know where you would like your bags picked up and where you want them delivered. Our pricing is really simple. It's based on the number and size of bags uh, that you want to ship. Um, we'll typically have multiple service options for you. And by that, I mean uh, we could have your bags picked up today and delivered tomorrow. That would be the most expensive and quickest option. Um, or if you give us more lead time, say two, three, or five days, uh, we could have your bags uh, picked up for the lowest possible price point. Um, from there, we send uh, an overnight or express envelope that contains specialized luggage tags. You uh, put those on your luggage. Uh, we dispatch somebody to pick up your luggage, again, at your house, uh, your business, wherever you'd like. And the next time you see your bags is uh, at your destination, whether it be a hotel, a golf course, cruise ship, ski resort, etc. So cruise ships leave from all over the world, Australia. Asia, Europe, all over the U.S. Um, there's pretty much not a place that cruise ships won't go. Uh, where is your service area? So we uh, currently service about 214 countries and territories. That number goes up and down as um, as certain countries become harder and easier to ship to. But basically, the answer is we can we can get your bag on or off a cruise ship pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, for many years, we've serviced all the, the major ports. Um, in recent years. Um, we've seen a, a, a big and growing demand uh, for river cruises, and whether that's in Southeast Asia and Europe, um, it's become a, a big piece of our business. So um, we, the, the short answer to your question is we, we really deliver anywhere uh, that cruise ships go. Is there anything I can't send? Like, you know, some people, if they have guns, if they're going out hunting somewhere in the great northwest, how about that? There are some things that uh, we don't ship or we decline to ship. Uh, firearms uh, are one of those one of those items. Anything um, you know, explosive, flammable, um, ammunition, firearms. Uh, those are things that we we elect not to ship. It is possible to ship those. They're uh, obviously regulated items, um, and it's something that that we opt against doing. Let's talk about the value of items, the protection, Zeke. Because like whenever I travel, I travel with over eighteen thousand dollars in gear. In fact, this flight I went from. Jacksonville to Dallas, Dallas to Seattle, in Seattle to Ketchikan. So there's a big airline risk there with them losing my bags and it just, you know, paranoids the heck out of me. What about your value protection with uh, luggageforward.com? Every bag that Luggage Forward ships includes a full money back plus $500 guarantee. And what that means is in the rare case that any piece of luggage is delivered late, we are going to refund all the money that you paid us to deliver that bag. And we're going to compensate you up to $500 for any expense due to the delay. And that's per bag. So if you're shipping two bags, that's $1,000. Three bags, $1,500, et cetera. Um, it, it's really our way of uh, putting people's minds at ease when it comes to handing over the luggage uh, to us. We really put our money where our mouth is. And we are very confident that the luggage is going to get there on time. Uh, again, in a rare case that it doesn't, we're going, to, we're going to make sure that we make it right for you. Very good, Zeke. We're coming up on a break here, but if we want to find out more about Luggage Forward, where can we go? Uh, if you are uh, if you want to visit us online, you can do that at www.luggageforward.com. Um, if you want to give us a call, toll-free 866-416-7447. Very well. We've been talking with LuggageForward.com co-founder Zeke Atkins. If you want to check out LuggageForward.com, just head there and use promotions code CRUISERADIO. Give them a try, 5% off your first order. Zeke, my friend, have a good one, and thanks for linking up with us. Really appreciate it. Enjoy Alaska.
have a question for the experts, or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. And now, Jim Grace, CEO of InsureMyTrip.com, discusses personal electronics and the benefits of travel insurance. If you're concerned about losing your cell phone, tablet, or electronic reading device during a trip, it's a good idea to get travel insurance. Many policies offered at InsureMyTrip provide coverage for personal electronics and camera equipment. Just be careful because most of these policies also contain a per-item coverage limit, and some will only cover up to $500 per item. Keep in mind that if your device is stolen, the insurance company may require a copy of the original purchase receipt and a police report when filing your claim. For more information on this travel insurance topic and others, visit insuremytrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Hanging out with Peter Chapman from Australia. How's it going, Peter? It's going really well. How wouldn't it not be after going on an Alaskan cruise? What have been your thoughts? Um, I really didn't know um, what to expect. Um, you know, it's one of those places, Alaska, when you're in Australia, it's probably the last place you think you're ever going to go. Um, the opportunity to come along on this cruise was one I couldn't refuse. And uh, I am going to go back and tell some glowing tales about Alaska. It's, a, it's an amazing country. I've, I've caught um, an Alaskan king salmon. Um, I've been 15 metres from a black bear. You know, and it's it's been a remarkable landscape, and the glaciers, incredible place. If any of your listeners haven't been to Alaska, um, I would say go to Alaska and then come to Australia. Nice. So we're joined by the amazing Nancy Mueller, Gail McCarthy, seven night round trip Seattle Southeast Alaska cruise. What have been your impressions so far? I think my biggest impression overall is the level of exceptional service and hospitality. The welcoming hospitality has been phenomenal, you know, from start to finish, really. I think everybody um, on staff and crew anticipates your needs before you even ask for something. Um, They just know their customers. They know what people want, and I think they go beyond um, any other you know service that I've seen. This is my first cruise, so I don't have anything else to compare it to. But I'll say, just in terms of going to hotels or restaurants, um, they they work above and beyond. You know, to say I I talked with lots of passengers during the week too, because as you said, you know, it's the first time I've been on other small ship cruises, but never a large ship cruise. And I've talked with people throughout the week and found people who've been cruising forty years, people you know whose first time cruise it was. And really, I haven't come across anyone who has had negative comments. I mean, it's phenomenal when you think about that. So, Craig, as I mentioned earlier, we hit Juneau, Alaska. We cruised Glacier Bay. We hit Sitka, Ketchikan. We're heading to Victoria before back to Seattle. So let's talk about the Alaska experience itself. Like, whenever we first docked in Juneau, what were your first impressions? And was it anything like you were picturing? It, it kind of was. 
was a little bit like I was picturing. It kind of very felt very Alaska for the first time. They, you know, they have the last frontier, and it kind of felt a little bit like Juneau was like that. It's a small town, too, to be such a state capital. It's very unique that you could only get there by ship or plane. There's really no roads elsewhere into Alaska, into the capital. Um, so that was definitely a unique experience. And the excursion we did there, that's what I'll always remember. It really blew me away to be up in the helicopter and to land on, on that particular glacier. Yeah, we, yeah, Mendenhall Glacier, we took a helicopter from the Juneau Airport to the glacier and then got to hike around on the glacier, which was really cool because like, I've done it a couple of years ago, but it's one of those things like you could do it time and time again, and it always feels like the first time. And did you like, – what were your thoughts when you stood on the glacier? No, it, it feels outerworldly, and they had that little, little hut there with like a little flag. You almost think you landed on another planet or a moon base or something kind of concept. And the interesting thing is I was shocked how much – you, you kind of think is flat. It's very flat, but there's a lot of jagged edges that go down, you know, feet, probably a couple hundred feet. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I wasn't the one wearing the jacket. I didn't have the knowledge. The day after, you know, we were cruising Glacier Bay. What were your thoughts on Glacier Bay? I knew we were talking about how it was calving right there in front of us. Uh, any other thoughts? I mean, it's, it, it was really, again, as I mentioned, it was one of the more impressive things that I've ever noticed. And one of the impressive things that the actual ship did is they bring in people from the National Park Service. So you could be upstairs where we were and we watch part of it. And they're telling you all about the glaciers. They're telling you facts that I, I don't remember everything. I remember why they're blue because it absorbs all light but the blue light. So that's what gives it that, that unique blueness when you really look deep into a glacier. Um, I know that they're not dirty. It's not dirt. You know, It's not like it's pollution. It's just that's because the glaciers are moving and they grind the earth like that. And that's kind of taking the rocks and moving them around. And that's geology. But they'll tell you so many things um, about the glacier. And it's just great to have them on there. And speaking of learning about the whole area, Linda's joining us now. She's the travel expert here on the Westerdam, and she is basically – her job is to tell us all about Southeast Alaska, and she does a really fabulous job at it. Before we get to the Alaska section, uh, connect the dots for us and tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. For 10 years, I've been on, on ships, and this is my first contract with Holland America as doing what I do here. I told somebody the other day, if I won the lottery today, I would still want to do this job because it feels so meaningful. What brought you to Alaska, though? Is that, is that where all your cruises have been, or is this – because you know so much about Alaska. Well, this is the ironic thing. The, the ships that I had worked on, some were large, some were small. I have been to Antarctica. I have been past the Arctic Circle to northern Honigsvog where the North Cape is, but all the places. I've been in Hawaii with the ships now, and this is working, and, um, but never had been to Alaska. The other night at the cocktail party, we were chatting with you, um, and you were saying there's just something about Alaska that keeps people mm-hmm. always coming back. Why is that? I think this is the most important thing. Alaska is one of the most repeated cruises of all cruises, and it doesn't take long to figure out why, and I hope this happened for you during this trip too. Yes, there's mountains. Uh, people have a... Pf- point of reference. If you live in Colorado or near in, in Utah, you're going to always compare where you live or where you've been to what you're seeing. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And you come to Alaska and at some point, and I urge everyone that's listening, if you ever have this opportunity, take at least one wilderness wildlife cruise. Because what happens is, say, for example, as we in our ship went through Glacier Bay, um, 
without going into the details of the history, it's just magnificent. I call it the the Cathedral of Mother Nature. The laws passed in uh, 1978 and even going back to 1911 with Theodore Roosevelt to establish national parks. And then this year marks the 50th anniversary of the Wilderness Act that was signed by President Johnson that truly did protect wilderness where no one can come in and mess it up. So there's a lot of people that worked hard all these years all over the United States. But you see it in at Glacier Bay. So what happens is you are in an area on a tour or maybe Glacier Bay where you realize that the world is a lot bigger than who you are all by yourself. Very good. We've been talking with Linda. She is the cruise ship travel expert aboard Holland America's MS Westerdam up here in Southeast Alaska. Linda, it's good talking to you. Great meeting you too. It's wonderful to meet you guys. There was no accidents in life. I really, um, I'm so honored that you wanted to talk to me because there's so many wonderful people out there. And uh, thank you so much. And to your listeners too, take care of yourself and uh, don't ever forget to find that little person inside of you that really does still exist. And if you want to find it, You'll find it in Alaska. Our next two guests need no introduction, but because of where I'm from and my manners, it brings me great pleasure to bring to you television personality, fashion designer, and the MC at Dancing with the Stars at Sea, Carson Cressley, along with Dancing with the Stars pro dancer, Emma Slater. Carson, Emma, how are you? It's going great. I just had a massage. I'm super relaxed. I feel like I've had a Valium, but it's just, it's just what no stress feels like. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Awesome. So, Carson, we'll start with you. We're going to bounce back and forth here during the interview. So, last night, Carson, you were emceeing the Dancing with the Stars at Sea show in the main show theater, and it was freaking hysterical. Is that scripted? Uh, you know what? We have like a little framework for the show, but I don't like to really have a script because um, I have a terrible memory. And uh, what was your name again? Um, and uh, it keeps it more fresh and fun because we really um, – the whole idea behind Dancing with the Stars at Sea is that it's a great interactive experience for fans of the show. Um, so I like to get out there and touch the people. Literally. <laughs> Within the legal limitations of uh, international law. It was funny when you were messing with the men out there and all the straight guys were like, okay, I'm not making eye contact. I don't want him to come bother me. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. And it was they actually pretty funny. Scared. They were very scared. <laughs> they were. So, Emma, you're, uh, you're a pro dancer with Dan- uh, on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, is it difficult dancing at sea? Because normally when you're in L.A. dancing, you're on a flat surface and you're not moving back and forth. I'd definitely say there's a big difference between um, dancing on a flat surface and then dancing on a surface that's constantly moving. You don't notice it too much when you're walking around the ship. It's not really a problem. But then when you're trying to do a rumba in these three and a half inch heels and you've got a man in front of you leading you, it can be a little bit difficult. But we, we love it. Um, for the most part, the ship is um, is accommodates her stance-wise. Sometimes you find the spins downstage just generally take a different direction for no reason. But, hey, it adds to the show. Have you had any close calls yet? Um, there is a part in the show where I'm on a chair um, with Mr. Tristan McManus, who's also on the on the show, and um, I sort of get lifted onto the chair and do a little backbend, and that sometimes is hit and miss, depending on <laughs> the, uh, the sea that day, but it, apart from that, it's normally quite good. It doesn't affect my dancing at all. No, no, you were excellent. No, I'm still terrible. <laughs> I was uh, actually going to ask you, Carson, when you were first approached with Dancing with the Stars, were you hesitant or were you like, sign me up? Uh, they had actually called me a couple seasons um, to do the show, and I was flattered that they didn't even think of me, and um, I had some great excuses. I was like, oh, I'm working, oh, I'm having my appendix taken out, um, I'm getting a manicure, 
Um, and then finally, by season 13, I was like, sure, I'll do it. And um, it was kind of a spur of the moment decision. And I didn't really think about it. And then um, I met my partner the next day on Good Morning America, and it was Labor Day weekend. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the beach, and then when I get back, we'll start practicing. She's like, no, we're starting now. And I was like, okay, I guess this is real. A few seasons later, you were asked to do Dancing with the Stars at Sea and host that. Were you hesitant, or were you like, sign me up? Because I know you don't really cruise that much. Right, not on cruise. Yeah, exactly. Um, That old one. I'm here every Thursday. Try the veal. You know what? I've always wanted to go on a cruise, and Holland America is a fantastic um, line. So when they um, approached me, I was like, well, I get to host the show, which is super fun, and um, be with all of my dancer friends. We have a great family that we bring on the on the ships with us so that's a great time and a cruise is a great vacation um so it was kind of a win-win so i said yes immediately very cool yeah emma you last season you were dancing with billy d williams jimmy fallon on the tonight show had a ball with it do you think that influenced the longevity of how long y'all stayed on the show I think it was, uh, for the most part, pretty fun watching Jimmy Fallon um, sort of like rip into um, uh, my partner. But Billy was such a fan of Jimmy and then vice versa. We actually went on Jimmy's show when we were um, withdrew from the competition and it was so much fun. I think um, I think a lot of people took notice of Billy for that. I think. Also, a lot of people probably agreed with Jimmy. <laughs> um, but, but what I noticed about Billy D is he was so universally loved by everybody um, uh, for the Star Wars, for his earlier things, even for his singing. He was just, he's cult 45 advert. He was just phenomenal. Yeah, he, he was just brilliant. And he would have loved to have come on these ships. So, Carson, I'll ask you a question. In, in the Q&A, uh, when we were talking about inspiration for dance, you mentioned that it was Jose Cuervo yes. that brought you on. Yes. <laughs> and uh, my question is, is when did you first meet him and how often do you uh, talk with him? Uh, you know what? I met him a long time ago and we've been great friends for quite a while. And um, whenever I need a little help on the dance floor, um, I just um, call him up in quotation marks. And um, he really never lets me down. So it takes courage to get out there on the dance floor. It takes. Um, what do you recommend for someone uh, for who's a little bit shy? Is there something that besides Jose Cuervo? Oh. Um, you know what? Really, um, I am not a very good dancer, but you don't have to be good to have a great time with it. And um, I think that's really one of the um, themes of Dancing with the Stars, the TV show, or Dancing with the Stars at Sea, is just that it's supposed to be fun and joyful, and you're supposed to just have a great time doing it. And um, that's what I did on the show, and I think that's what um, a lot of our guests on the ship, um, they offer great dance lessons taught by the pros like Emma and Tristan and Kim Johnson. And um, people don't have to be good. They just have to want to have a good time. And I think that's what makes these trips so great. And I also did a couple of that. When I was so impressed with the amount of smiles and how much the sitting in the front when I got to see you guys dance, it really looked like you guys were having a great time on stage. There's a lot of people that say, um, I don't feel, when they dance, they say, I don't feel like myself. I feel like somebody different. But for me, I feel the complete opposite. I feel like I've never been more myself. And we have such a, a good bunch of people at Dancing with the Stars at Sea. We have the most fun every single night when we dance. And the audiences are so appreciative. It's really difficult not to smile. You, ha- you just have so much fun. It's, it's just it's fantastic. I feel like Cloris Leachman when I dance. No! <laughs> 
We've been chatting with television personality Carson Cressley and Dancing with the Stars pro Emma Slater. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. And I, you were out of the spa, no makeup on or anything. You look great, no, dude. I just have a little bit of seaweed. I smell like a sushi roll, but um, I feel good. <laughs> thank you so much, Emma. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I have to say, that dude is just a trip. He really is. It's uh, he brings he brings such a thing to the ship too. And even when you see him around, like walking around, he kind of has that element, and it just he's fun. When you see him on stage, he's a great host. Craig, I want to talk about the entertainment on board the Westerdam because not only was there Dancing with the Stars at Sea, there was Recycled Percussion. They're based out of Las Vegas. They were on America's Got Talent, and these there's four men, and they play percussion. And how would you describe it? It's, it's almost like a variety show, but definitely percussion's the base. I mean, it's always has a beat. There's a lot of there's a bit of rock and roll. One of the there's four different colors. The purple guy that we had was you know he was a guitar heavy metal like has slash out there. But really, the percussion is 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 the main theme. It's in the name, but and the energy that they bring is really great and I think it was well received actually by everyone in the audience it was definitely was a great show some other entertainment options on board the Westerdam are the Howcats which is like their house band but one thing I liked about the Howcats is a couple nights during the cruise they have karaoke now I know you're probably thinking oh, it's karaoke a bunch of horrible people singing along to a CD but it's much more than that well, yeah. First of all, you're not singing along to a CD. You actually have the words up there, and they're actually playing the music. Um, so you get you got the tempos. You know, they need to be right in the right key. I guess some of the the singers or some of the contestants or participants, I should say, uh, were a little upset over. You know, like we're not upset. We're probably like, oh, I wish it was done like that, because there are some people that could actually sing. And then, of course, there's people like me who went up there and uh, didn't do a great job, did I, Doug? Yeah, we did Friends in Low Places. And uh, thank God, though, we were the very last people to sing, and only our friends were in the audience. So there wasn't... The theater probably holds about... 200 people, and I think there was just like five or six friends, so uh, lucky for us there. But your favorite is Adagio Strings. Well, I really think it's um, it's part of the elegance of, of Holland America. There's no doubt about it. There's an elegance. It's, you know, the for the demographic, I think, is there, and you really get the cultural aspect of there's someone who plays violin and plays piano. They play some classics. They definitely play popular songs, you know, created into that type of music. And then they, what I like, they were both from Russia, if I was correct, this time. And it's not that we saw Russia, and we in Alaska. I don't think we were able to do that. They actually gave us a little bit of their culture and started playing some of their favorite songs. And I would definitely love to sit there before dinner and watch one of their sets. It's definitely one of my favorite things that uh, uh, entertainment-wise in Holland America. I think you hit the nail on the head when you told me it's one of your moments of zen during the day. It really is. It's kind of because you debrief. There's no chatter in there. I'm definitely not on my phone. You know, I'm just kind of watching there, listening and really taking it all in. And, you know, and there's beauty during the day. There's a lot of moments of Zen staring at a lot of the scenic aspects of traveling through Alaska. But this is definitely one of the moments of Zen on the ship. Well, buckle up because I want to take a hard right turn here and talk about <laughs> – you like that segue? Yeah, strap on your seatbelt. I want to talk about weight loss on the cruise because you and I, we were, we were dedicated. We hit the gym every day of the cruise for at least 30 minutes and uh, we weighed in. And I'm not afraid to say I weighed in last Saturday at 215 pounds. And would you weigh in at? It was it was more than that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you did get to do the helicopter tour, so it wasn't over 250. So that was yeah. And that's with gear. Yeah. You have to know. <laughs> and one of the reasons we stayed so motivated was because of Wendy, the fitness instructor here aboard the Westerdam. No, absolutely. And I think it. 
as soon as the first day we went in the gym, I was wearing my stayadventurous.com t-shirt and she came right over because she's adventurous and she's excited about helping people. And I think that's, that's when we first hit it off and we started chatting and um, she was telling me every day, if you come every day, just even for 10 minutes, it'll do it. And that's really, I think when we dedicated ourselves to go every day and we did, we did. Yeah. And Wendy's with us right now and Wendy, so everyone uh, wants to cruise, but no one wants to gain weight yet. Typical cruise weight gain for a week cruise is between seven and 10 or seven and 14 pounds, which is crazy. So do you have any tips for people who don't want to gain weight on a cruise? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I hundred percent agree. Okay. Cause the food on the cruise is amazing and you don't want to miss out on it. So my tips are every day, you just got to do 10 to 15 minutes of exercise. It's all about consistency. So keep that up, take the stairs Okay, when you can. So yeah, and um, all in all, you got to enjoy yourself. But it's uh, the trick is is that little bit of consistency every day. So that ten minutes, it'll make a world of a difference. It seems like it's more of a lifestyle though. Instead of just taking the stairs, it's kind of you have to put different things into motion, don't you? Yes, 100%. And that's what we love to inspire people when they come. A lot of people don't come on expecting to change their life in a week. But, yeah, they do get home and they do put these, start to create these good habits. And, um, yeah, that's what I love about my job. Hanging out with Karen Berliner. How are you doing, Karen? I'm doing just great. How are you? Good, good. So I want to talk about the food aboard the ship because we have the Lido Deck Dining, we have the Pinnacle Grill, we have the main dining room, and uh, the dive-in burger joint, all amazing experiences. Which ones really stuck out to you? Being from New York and so many fabulous restaurants and quite the foodie, the one that really resonated with me was the uh, Pinnacle Grill. Mm-hmm. I found it to be even more upscale than it promised to. It actually delivered something even far better than I expected. It wasn't just about the the food quality and the versatile menu. It was about the service. It was impeccable and it was very, very um, five-star-ish. And of course, what Karen is talking about is the Pinnacle Grill, which is a $29 cover charge. It is a specialty restaurant on board the Westerdam here. But uh, they also do a specialty night within the specialty restaurant called An Evening at Le Cirque, which is the uh, the famous Manhattan restaurant, which I think you've been to, Craig, haven't you? I have, actually. It's iconic. It's an icon in New York. And I think when, when people go to New York, there's a few restaurants that are iconic. Le Cirque is definitely one of them. Um, definitely consider one of them. And Le, Le Cirque is a great choice. Absolutely. So, Craig, what was your favorite dish in Le Cirque? Well, I think Le Cirque is known for quite a few dishes, and the cruise ship actually has them. you got to start out with the lobster salad. It's done in Le Cirque way. It's definitely special. It's part of their iconic brand. And also for dessert, and I didn't have many desserts on board, but I couldn't turn away this one. I had to take a taste of the creme brulee. Now, since you've been to the Le Cirque on land in Manhattan and you've been to the one on here aboard the Westerdam, could you see a difference? Um, the, the one difference is, well, first in Le Cirque in New York, you're not, you're not rocking a little bit, you know, you, you, and you're not looking out a window and seeing the water, which is, which is a great experience. The interesting part for me though, Le Cirque is, is, is what it is in New York and you walk in, it's iconic, you know, you're there. But on the ship, I would say, because well, it's the Pinnacle Grill, and we dined there as well, it's kind of a little different. You know, they don't have the same opportunity to do that. But when you talk about the food, and when you talk about the service, and when you talk about, you know, the people that are in there, it feels like you're eating in the Cirque. Let's talk about the entertainment just for a second. Um, what were your thoughts of Dancing with the Stars at Sea? Well, I thought it was an amazingly exciting experience to watch them, and particularly because the... Um, 
on on ship uh, dance crew were, I think, just compatible equally as talented. And so it was nice that it was seamless and you didn't feel this great big difference in the the level of talent in the entertainment. Which brings us to our next guest on the show. He is the producer of Dancing with the Stars at Sea. In fact, I've had the pleasure of sailing with him a couple of times over the years as a cruise director, now the producer. Yeah, big uh, big title there now, Jason. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, connect the dots for us and tell us about the Dancing with the Stars at Sea program and what it offers. The Dancing with the Stars at Sea program is something extremely unique within the industry. It's an opportunity basically for guests to sail and they have uh, they have a chance to see, meet, and get up close and personal with some of their favorite personalities from the actual show. So, uh, for instance, on the cruise run right now, we have celebrity personalities, Sabrina Bryan, who is from the Disney Channel. She was a cheetah girl and kind of became America's sweetheart after her seasons on Dancing with the Stars and Dancing with the Stars All-Stars. We have uh, Emmy Award winning uh, TV personality Carson Kressley, and then we have dance pros. So the actual pros on the show are uh, we have Kim Johnson, who really is the face of Dancing with the Stars at Sea, and in a lot of ways she's the face of Dancing with the Stars. We have Tristan McManus, who was on it for a few seasons and uh, is still a uh, kind of a local hero and icon in terms of the Dancing with the Stars community. He's the uh, the Irish heartthrob, if you will. And we have relatively new to the program, but already a huge success is Emma Slater, who has already been to the finale. Actually in her very first year. And so guests that sail get a chance to not only meet, but, uh, you know, ask their questions, uh, say hello, get their pictures taken, autographs with their their favorite personalities. Now, when you join us, uh, not only do you get the chance to meet those folks, but you get the chance to do some interesting things, some stuff you wouldn't get the chance to do at home, which would include uh, a fashion show. We bring over a million dollars in costumes on, costumes that have actually been seen, worn uh, on the show. Many people, interestingly enough, and I didn't know this when I started, but a lot of guests and fans of Dancing with the Stars follow the show for the costumes in a lot of way. Okay. They remember their favorite dresses. They remember the dresses that won mirror balls, the dresses that were worn in finales, you know. Or, and uh, so our lovely ladies do a fashion show on one of the days featuring, uh, like I said, about a million dollars in dresses. We do a Q&A session, a big live Q&A with the ship, kind of an open forum style. We do a formal uh, photo session where you have a chance to come through and have your photos taken. We also do an autograph session. So once you've picked up those photos, then you can get them signed. And uh, we do a competition all cruise long as well. We host anywhere between three and six classes and varying different uh, ballroom and Latin disciplines and we take winners and then at the end of the cruise we take the winners of the different disciplines and we have a a bit of a dance-off if you will and we select one person as the overall ship champion for the week Uh, in addition to all of that kind of the culmination of it all is the big production show so the actual dancing with the stars team which would be the pros the celebrities and the seven troop members actually put on one giant production show in the middle of the cruise that's one of the biggest and coolest things I've seen period not to mention uh, available to people on a cruise ship. Cool. So besides these Dancing with the Stars cruises and the championship cruise, there's also Dancing with the Stars programs at sea on every ship every day across the Holland America fleet. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, that's actually a great part of the partnership that we have with Dancing with the Stars and Holland America Line, I guess between the two there, is that it's not just the six Uh, theme cruises that we do in the year, including the championship, it is the fact that on any given ship, on any one of uh, all 15 Holland Holland America Line ships, you can compete and participate in the Dancing with the Stars at Sea program. Now, but what I, by competing or participating, I should say, just like I mentioned a few minutes ago in terms of the actual theme cruises, we do the same on a regular cruise. So if you were to join a random ship that we are not on as 
part of the pros and celebrity aspect of it, you will still have the chance to compete and participate in this four to six classes. Uh, these are actual routines that have been choreographed and performed on the main show. Uh, on the actual Dancing with the Stars TV show. And so any guest can participate, whether you've jived a hundred times or it's your very first jive, you can still participate. You can still take place. We have a lot of novice dancers. We have a lot of newbies that just want to do something different. And of course, you have your people that show up with their dance shoes, you know, and their own costumes and they're ready to roll. But yeah, on any ship, you get to do this. And then every single ship has a winner at the end of cruise, at the end of their cruise. So by the end of the season, you will have every, uh, all 15 ships will have a list of winners. And then from that list of winners, we take one person from each of the 15 ships. So 15 grand champions. And that's who makes up our championship cruise at the end of the year. We give, yeah, we give each of them a free cruise. So we'll give 15 free cruises away and uh, they can bring their family and friends and whoever they can fit in their room. And they come out and we compete to see who deserves the title of grand champion. We've been talking with the producer for Dancing with the Stars at sea, Jason Venner. Good seeing you again, man. Have a good one. Thank you very much, man. It's great to see you guys as well. So, Craig, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched that much Dancing with the Stars, but the energy they brought, especially in the grand finale, awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm in the same boat as you, not just the same boat on the Western Dam, but also in the same boat because I haven't watched much of the show. I mean, my aunt loves it. My parents watch it. They're fans. Uh, and I could see why after. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of converted. I'm definitely going to see who the stars are coming out for the next season. But one of the things that was great was the finale, you know, the judging, the actual dances and how, how, how the contestants who are regular cruise passengers, just like you and I could have did actually go in and compete and they, they put it all on the line and it was not only just hysterical, it was entertaining. It was great. It had tremendous energy. And what I noticed is it was a packed house. Like people there really cared about who won and what was doing. And the energy was there. I mean, it was a great show. And also it's like, not everyone knew it was a dancing with the stars theme cruise, but everyone knew dancing with the stars. And I think that was a big draw because as the week progressed, more and more people were doing the activities. I definitely agree. I did. When you, when you, when the invite was out, Craig, come to Alaska. I was like, Alaska. Great. And then all of a sudden it was dancing with the stars in Alaska. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And, and it really turned out, I could see why people would cruise just to be a part of, of this if they're big fans of the show, because it's very easy to become a fan uh, when you watch shows that, that, that I watched. Yeah, and if you want to see some of our photos from Dancing with the Stars, check out facebook.com slash cruise radio. I posted an album there. Uh, Craig, in closing here, uh, let's talk about our final thoughts of the MS Westerdam. Um, the final MS Westerdam is a great ship. I think it's a good size too for me. I mean, I really enjoyed the aspects of being on it. Um, I, I, but it's about Alaska. I mean, for me, that's it was is wonderful experience, and that's what I'm going to take home with you. Some of the people said it's a bucket list destination. It's a place that people want to go. And the thing I noticed is that people come in big groups, like the big families come together, multi generational, and they all share it together. And I think that was one of the beautiful, most beautiful aspects of it is is that everyone appreciated the nature and the beauty, the wildlife that is Alaska, America's last frontier, right? And they were telling us that the average age or the average demographic for an Alaska cruise is like 46 or 48 years old, which we sailed Holland America Zyder Dam on the Panama Canal a couple of years ago. And it was skewed a little bit older, but I think because Alaska is such a bucket list and a family destination, you're going to see people from 8 to 80 on these things. Yeah, there was a lot of kids. Unlike the Panama Canal, there was a lot of kids, big families that were hanging out together and you know sharing the experience all together. I want to talk about some been there, done that tips for sailing Southeast Alaska. Alaska or the Western Dam. It could be anything, Craig, but I want to say 
my been there, done that tip is going to be if you're going to sell Alaska, book a balcony, spend the extra money, book a balcony, because like we experienced the glacier, Marjorie Glacier calving, you know, if you were in your stateroom, you know, uh, interior room or even an ocean view room, chances are you wouldn't see it. No, you'd have to be on the main deck where there's a lot of people and you don't have that intimacy with the glacier that I think you would have in the stateroom balcony. That was definitely a highlight for me, for sure. Um, If I was going to give a couple tips, uh, I'll give two. And of course, I have to always go back to sunsets. I'm a big fan of sunsets and the sunsets later there. But make sure that you take time away from dinner to catch it because there's some really beautiful ones that you'll see at sea and sometimes with the mountains, depending on where the ship is. And my other one is when you go to a glacier and you land on it, Bring an empty plastic bottle of water because you're, they're going to say, hey, go down and take up a spoonful or a handful. If you, well, first of all, that's, that's hard to do and it's yeah. cold. And, but if you scoop down your little bottle, open it up, empty, take a glass, you'll, you'll be a hero on the mountain, you know? If you bring more bottles, you'll be a bigger hero because you can sell them to people because people I kept think- coming up to you saying, hey, do you have any more bottles on you? And you're like, right. what the hell? Really? I don't know. I don't know how many plastic bottles I could bring, but I definitely brought one. And I think that's a great thing to do because there's something special about that water up there. Um, And when you're up there, you get a good taste and you can bring a little back with you. I mean, I guess eventually you drink it somewhere, you know, trickles down. So but it's nice to capture it right from up there. More on our Alaska cruise can be found at cruiseradio.net. Also, check out our albums. We have a few uh, Ketchikan, Juno, Sitka, Westerdam, Dancing with the Stars. We have a bunch of albums at Facebook.com slash Cruise Radio. Also our Instagram account, which is Cruise Radio. Also our tweets at Cruise Radio as well. Craig, thank you so much for being here, my friend. And uh, before we go, I know you dropped a couple of shameless plugs during the broadcast today, but go ahead and tell us where we can find you online and about Sunset Sunday. Oh, thanks for bringing up Sunset Sunday. You notice I didn't plug that right away, but Sunset Sunday, and there'll be some of the sunsets from the cruise will be out in the next couple weeks. But it's basically every Sunday, it's a sunset from somewhere in the world. And it can be found on my website, stayadventurous.com. And that's where you'll find me. You'll find me on the social media pages as well at the same, at Stay Adventurous. Broadcasting from the insuremytrip.com mobile studios in Southeast Alaska, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Promotional consideration provided by the W Hotel, downtown Seattle, where the vibe of the city captivates your spirit. For more information, visit WCattle.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.